Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? It is high noon on a Monday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. I'm Wesley Euler. He's Arthur Motes. Between the two of us on this show we call the Steelers Blitz here, we've got a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair. It's up to you to figure out the rest. But what you should know by now is Arthur Motes is on the West Coast. I'm at home in my house. We're recording this via the magic of technology and the internet. So no live way to get involved with the show. We'll be back doing more live shows at the end of March. So we're getting pretty close here. But for now, if you still want to get at us, if you've got questions, comments, concerns, and reactions, we've got a few lined up for the end of the show. You can always get at us on Twitter, at Wesley Euler at TheBody52. TheBody. And Arthur Motes, the body himself. What's up, cousin? How we doing? Man, first off, living that good life out here, man. A uh, combine going on, so you know that always brings back them good old memories. And just seeing some of these guys really perform at a high level. I mean, it's been a little bit of a surprise the way some of these guys have either performed and rose and risen their stock, or mm-hmm. the guys who kind of underwhelmed a little bit and could potentially be hurting their stock. But either way, man, this is always a fun time of year. No, absolutely. Um, and, and let's jump right into that, because you and I are recording this on Sunday, and the Combine is is literally wrapping up right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the defensive backs and special teamers, kickers, are, uh, are going right now, and then that's going to be it in terms of the on-field drills. Combine uh, officially done and dusted. I Listen... Like I was on, I was on Radio Row on SNR all week with Dale Lolly and Matt Williamson and Max Starks, and I feel like I've drilled all these topics in, you know, at nauseum. Where do you, where do you want? Let me ask you, where do you want to start as it relates to the combine? Well, first off, man, this ain't my day. This is a you day. Okay, so don't fine. you put that pressure on me. You driving okay, this shit today. You try to pull the veil. Why I say? See, this is this. That's how I know you get big time. See, you went to the combine, you out here with all, with all the big higher-ups, you're talking about Max, Lolly, and all these big, big superstars in the media world, and now you want to come over here and try to, oh, let me hit the Jedi mind trick on them. No, 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 my friend. Pump your bricks. Okay, fine. Okay, all okay, right. all right. You're right. You caught me. You caught me. You caught me. I confess. Here's where I think we should go then, because the last time you and I uh, did an episode of The Blitz, we yeah. talked a lot about the Steelers' wide receiver room. You know, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, some of the up-in-the-air names like Juju and Ray Ray and James Washington. What would you do there? How would you address it? Uh, We did a wide receiver heavy last episode. So why don't we follow that up with – I'll start here, you know, because we talked a little little bit about how you're – you're going to have to draft the wide receiver at some point in this draft. I mean, you Mm -hmm. you probably need to sign one in free agency and draft one realistically – Buddy, this is a good year, I think, to need a wide receiver. I mean, there's not the – and I mean that in terms of the 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 entire group, right? The mm-hmm. depth that's going to be there, I think, on day two and even beyond. Now, there's not the Jamar Chase in this class, the, the, the Sheron top five, top ten pick that you pretty much know is going to come in and, and light it mm-hmm. up right away. 
But man, there are a lot of, you know, once you get past the wave of the Wilsons and the Olaves, I think there's a lot to like in this class. You know, maybe past Trey Burks, like those guys that feel like they're going to be first rounders. There's a lot of day two guys that I like, you know, from that, let's say fourth wide receiver to 10th wide receiver ranking. Mm -hmm. And to me, that really stood out. It was the fastest wide receiver group at the combine Arthur Motes Mm -hmm. in nearly 20 years. 19 years was the last time wide receivers ran this fast of collective times at the Combine. And to me, there's one name that's really standing out. I'll start here. Mm -hmm. There's one name that's really standing out to me as a guy who helped himself and a guy that I am falling more and more in love with with the Steelers, and that's Sky Moore Uh, Mm -hmm. for a lot of different reasons. He's from Pittsburgh. He's a Pittsburgh kid. Went mm-hmm. to Shady Side Academy. Played high school football with Mike Tomlin's son. He was he was Mike Tomlin's son's quarterback in high school mm-hmm. before switching to wide receiver in college. You know that Mike Tomlin knows a lot about this kid, right? They probably had spaghetti dinners at the Tomlin household when when they were in high school at Shady Side <laughs> Academy. If he's got any, you know, character, if anything like that, you know, if if he got caught and if he got caught sophomore year doing something dumb in the bathroom, you know, like playing a prank Mm. on somebody in school, Mike Tomlin knows that story. He's a Mac guy, which I'm not breaking any news here. We know that the Steelers have, they've loved their Mac guys. They've had success with their Mac guys. And I, I love the fact that he just started playing wide receiver recently. You know, it Mm. feels like one of those classic, um, prospects who's really just starting to scratch the surface. And if he's sitting there at 52, you know, I've, I've, he's, you know how this works. Some people have him mm-hmm. going in the top 50. Some people have him going in the third round. You never know. But I would be very tempted at a, at a Skymore type player, 4.4140, tons of room for, you know, what feels like a lot of juice left to squeeze in terms of that potential um, but I, I, I'm falling more in love just in general with the idea of a wide receiver at pick 52 in the second round. Well, first off, man, you could talk to any Pitt fan and they could tell you Scott Moore was a beast back when they played him during the regular season. Now you Sky talking. Moore, I mean, he balled out all season. I mean, he has a, this is a guy that has elite level route running ability can play on the outside or in the, in, or in the slot. Um, soft hands, combat catches, tough run after ability. You watch him on tape and you ask yourself, man, is he that fast? But now the 441 confirmed it, which is why for me, I don't think he goes later in the second round. That's yeah. the thing. It's like, I mean, we talk about the excitement around these wide receivers. I say it's the gift and the curse because now, guys, that you're potentially talking about in the second or even third round, four ones, and they got tape the way that Sky Moore has. Those guys don't typically last to the third round. Those right. guys don't typically last to the back end of the second round. So I do think in a way it kind of hurts us in a sense because it's like, man, guys that I was kind of like, oh, man, he's a sleeper. We can get this guy. We can get him in the mid rounds. Now it's going to take a little bit more, which in a sense, like I said, kind of puts us in a bind where you're asking ourselves D-line, linebacker, right. O-line, corner potentially. Now it's like, man, are we going to have to essentially – skip out of one of those positions right. to Position get one of these type of guys because they've already went out there and over and exceeded expectations. Even a guy like Tyquan Thornton, you watch Tyquan on tape. I mean, 900 receiving yards. He was a good receiver, but he looked limited in terms of his route tree. He kind of reminded me of a, um, a Ted Ginn Jr., you know, hmm. big speed, tall sure. guy, but not really, um, not really a route runner. And it would make you ask yourself, man, can we win with this guy? Can he develop? But when he goes out there and runs a four to eight on the laser, well, now those guys don't just fall in the draft. Those guys, you don't just say, oh, man, well, we'll check him out later. They become more of a premium because you're saying 
that's big speed along with productivity. And he was in a legit conference in terms of being in a power five conference. So that's the only reason why, as much as I was excited about these receivers doing what they did in terms of these fast times, I think it puts the Steelers in a bind in a sense, because now you're going to ask yourself, man, do we have to move up to get a guy like that in the second sure. round? You know, or, or, or like you said, of the top four to five guys that we know were already surefire first rounders. Now they're not going to be sitting there at 20, 25. I think they're moving up to those teens. Yeah. So that's another element that kind of, like I said, if you're looking at those guys and you're saying, I really wanted one. Well, now you might be having to ask yourself, what am I willing to do to get one of those guys? Sure. Whereas beforehand, when you're hearing about the Devin Lloyds and the Kobe Deans and all the different D linemen that people were talking about, it's like, well, yeah, you're going to have your pick of the litter of these wide receivers right now. Jamison Williams went from being probably the second receiver off the board to maybe the fourth receiver off the board right. solely because of the ACL. But we know when you watch him on tape, he looks like he plays faster than all of those guys. So that's, again, how I'm feeling about it. It's like it's a great situation for these guys. And like I said, whatever team does get them, you're getting confirmed legitimate NFL speed along with big time productivity. But for us, you know, us, us teams sure. that have a little bit more needs and we really don't want to move up too much to get these players. It's like, man, Sky Moore, did you have to run 441? Did you have could to? You, could you have ran 45 and then just waited to run that 441 with us? <laughs> no, that's well said by you. And I guess, you know, maybe the I think it could be a double edged sword for the Steelers in mm-hmm. that regard, in the sense of if there's more of a run on these guys than we imagined before pick 20, yes, that might help you in a way because you probably weren't, you, you probably weren't going to take one in the first round most like more than likely, right? Right. A- unless there was one of those studs that you felt fell to you, but it mm-hmm. feels like that's not going to happen. So yeah. it might give you more options at pick 20, but less options at 52, if that makes sense. Absolutely. No, 100% that makes sense. You get what I'm saying there? Yeah, yeah, because without a doubt, I mean, beforehand, we're saying to ourselves, well, hey, man, if all of these linebackers, all of these def- uh, these DNs, these O-linemen are going early, well, hey, y- y- it's only a certain amount of picks, so these guys can't all go top 15, right? So you were just looking like, yeah, man, it's mocked that some of these guys will fall to us. But now with this new information, now with this confirmed speed, and even watching some of these guys doing the drill work, seeing how smooth and how fluid they look, at times you watch them on tape and you're like, man, I don't know if he's that fluid in his hips. Then you see him at the combine, he's getting in and out of his breaks. Everything looks great. It changes your perspective. Yeah. And the same way we're excited, the same way you can hear our excitement and our voices talking about these guys, I do feel like other teams are going to be feeling that same thing. And teams that might be saying, hey, we have a proven one, but we need a legitimate two. Well, now these guys become more of a premium. Whereas for us, we're saying that, hey, we think we have two good receivers, but we don't have one great receiver. Now it's like, man, do we really need to move? Do we really need sure, to, you sure. know, take one of these guys? Because now, like I said, they're going to be going earlier than what we expected. So that's that whole dilemma. But at the same time, like I said, if you don't necessarily want to lock in on receiver and you use this as a weapon and you say, well, hey, man, somebody's going to fall to us that's not expected. That's the part that you probably get excited about. That's the part where you look and you say, well, you know what, man? If we can get a potential Jordan Davis sitting around there at 20, or if you get a, mm-hmm. a Devin Lloyd potentially sitting around there at 20, mm-hmm. that changes a lot. Yes, that that, that makes you feel a lot better about the situation. So, like I said, I take it kind of with the good and the bad with the situation. Yeah. But either way, it was super impressive just seeing how fast. I mean, can we talk about another guy? As much as I don't like to talk about this school, because you know what this school has done to my school. Oh, I know where you're going. 
Christian Watson, holy cow, man. I mean, Flying. you watch him on tape, and it was like, obviously, he's running by the competition he was playing against at North Dakota State. And you would say, hey, you know what? It's because of the DBs. They're not NFL caliber. You see him at the Senior Bowl. He has success again. You're saying, well, you know what? Maybe it's just a good match. We make every excuse for this guy, right? And <laughs> then when he goes out there and runs this 4-3-6 on the laser, you're like, oh, so he is as good as advertised. Oh. He is he he is that guy. And he's a guy that for me, I personally was potentially liking us to take because I said, man, I do think with a Matt Canada style system, he fits it. I mean, he runs the jet sweep. He runs downhill. He's a kick returner proven. You know, he, he's also big speed at the wide receiver position, combat catch guy. And he just looked like a guy that potentially could be a legitimate number one receiver. But the question was, how fast are we talking? I personally thought it was going to be in the four four range, but when you get this four three six, that's a game changer. Now game those changer, guys don't yeah. they, that that guy doesn't fall under the radar anymore. That guy doesn't. Oh man, he's at North Dakota State. Ah, shh, don't talk about him. Right. No, now he's a headline. Now he's a guy that people are going to be moving up their draft board as well. And like I said, it does kind of put us in a bind in that regard because I thought that he could be a steal as well, man. That's a good Even call by I you. Do not like North Dakota State. Oh, I know, I know you don't. That's like that's that's like that's like me saying nice things about pit guys. I mean, it's yeah, when it when you, when man. it happens, you know it's genuine. It's not manufactured. Yeah, yeah. it um, hurt me to say it. <laughs> another guy that I kind of view in that same ilk, uh, David Bell out of Purdue. I thought Ooh, had a, had a yes, great. He yes. was one of those. He was one of those guys that I thought. You know, maybe that could be a third or fourth round value for the Steelers. I don't think he lasts mm-hmm. that long. You know, maybe he doesn't Absolutely, go second. Man. Maybe he doesn't go second round, but he's not lasting that long in the third round. I don't think. Yeah, the wide receiver group, I think it's just safe to say those guys made themselves some money this week. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, I, I, and, I, and, and as much as we love talking about the guys that definitely made themselves some money, I think a guy that might have hurt himself, just me watching him on Burks. tape. Yes. About to say the 455, not impressive, but also from the University of Miami, Charleston Rambo. You watch him on tape, he looked a lot faster. And with him being undersized, you just assume that, hey, man, he was the same level of speed as a Tyquan Thornton from Baylor. But then you watch him go out there and run that 4-5-7, and you're seeing Tyquan and all these other guys 4-2-8, 4-3-1, It's like, man, you're just asking yourself, like, what is going on there? Why did he look so much faster? But when you see his speed is not as legitimate as we thought it would be, I think he's a guy that kind of cost himself a little bit because I thought that he had potential to be able, a little bit of a sleeper as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I completely agree with you on that. The, the Traylon Burks one's interesting for me because, yeah, you know, his tape is outstanding. Absolutely. He, <laughs> he, he felt like, you know, you, I, I think I might have said this to you before about Devin Lloyd, but I'm not – because, again, I'm, I'm not trying to sound big time here. I've done a lot of radio in the last, like, week, so I forget where I said all these things. <laughs> like, Devin Lloyd, to me, you know, we do this every year, like, okay, who's going to be the next Micah Parsons? Who's going who's gonna to be the next Joe Burrow? You know, like, right. those guys just grow on trees, right? But I think there's some similarities between Micah Parsons and Devin Lloyd. Not to that oh, extent. Not to that extent, right? But I, you can say that without crowning him as, oh, he's going to come in and have a Micah part. That's not what I'm saying, that he's going to have a Parsons-type rookie season. But there's some similarities, there's some parallels there mm-hmm. that I think you can draw between the players. A lot of people were having that same conversation about Debo, about Burks and Debo Samuel. And mm-hmm. we know, I mean, Debo Samuel, he feels like he's one of the most like popular guys around the NFL right now. Everybody loves him. Right. He's a blast to watch. He's such a unique talent. 
even though it's funny because typically those unorthodox style receivers like him usually get the knock. There's usually like, right. well, no, I want a guy that can do this. I want a guy that's truly this. And it's like Debo kind of changed the game in that regard and made it where he was kind of a positionless player. Something that yes. we always talk about in yes. basketball that we really don't see on the football field. Debo really brought that to the forefront this past season. No, he did. And you know what? I I know our buddy Terrence Garvin would like to hear you say that because he's been talking about <laughs> positionless football no for question. a little while. No um, question. I wonder, though, again, you know, like one man's misfortune is, you know, an, another man's fortune type thing. Yeah. If he ended up falling to 52, I'm still interested. Yeah. No, without a doubt. I mean, the same way we talk about Burks, the same way I kind of feel about a Devin Lloyd. Yeah. Four, what, four, six, six? Still not terrible. And honestly, man, you can ask yourself, can you coach up the speed in terms of running the 40 to make it from 4.66 to potentially 4.61, maybe 4.59? Does that change the game for you? I can see that happening. But for me, man, I'm, I, I still lean on the tape with Devin. Yeah. Because when you see him on the tape, he flashes. The same with Burks. When you see him on tape, they flash. They make plays. And you see the competition they're going against. It's like, no, they got legitimate guys that are out there against. But their playmaking stands out. Their natural ability to either get open or find that ball, it stands out. And it's like, for me, as much as we love the combine, as much as we put a lot of stock in these measurables. You got to be careful. You got to be careful. Absolutely. It's, it's a piece of the pie. It's not the whole pie, though, because if you look at this and say, well, hey, man, 428, Tyquan Thornton has to be the best receiver in, the, in, the, uh, in this combine or in this draft, then you're going to be sadly mistaken. But if you look and you say with context, that along with this end, that makes him maybe a top five receiver instead of a top 10 receiver in this class. Well, now you might have a, a more legitimate case to stand on. And that's kind of how I feel with Burks and with Devin Lloyd, especially because those two were the guys that a lot of people had higher expectations for. Yeah, thought they would yeah. go out there and do a lot better, not just running, but also in some of the drill work as well. Both of those guys, you know, they definitely struggled. And I can tell you firsthand. You remember when we said men at the combine, you don't work out the first day you get there. They don't give you the optimal settings. No, they're going to put you through the ringer. They're going to drain your body mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. They're going to pull and pride on every injury that you have. They want they're you to have they want you to, around the clock. Yeah, they, they want you absolutely. to bench press, bench press at 10 a.m. Yeah. and then run mm -hmm. the 40 at 8 o'clock at night. Yeah, they're, they're going to do all these different things to throw your schedule off just to see how you perform. So for those guys that might have come in and said, well, you know, I'm as, I was anticipating it to be this type of schedule and they just didn't adapt the way that you would have liked. OK, that could make you have a bad result. No different if you're playing on a Sunday that you turn on and play on a Thursday. We've seen guys look bad on Thursday night games because their preparation is thrown off drastically. Not saying that it's an excuse, but it is a part of the equation now. The beauty for those two guys are they're still young and they're going to get a chance to learn from this situation yeah. and understand yeah. that at the NFL level, schedule changes do happen, but they're not often. Typically, you got a chance to prepare. There isn't a, a, um, a guessing game with it, whereas at the combine, we know it's a guessing game. They do these things intentionally. And that was the one part for me that I really didn't like about the combine. Because that's the only situation where the schedule is so erratic like that at the NFL level, because typically it's very militaristic. Typically, if that meeting starts at eight o'clock, you're there at eight. But you already knew that two days ago that meeting was going to be at 8 a.m. Right. You already knew that you were going right. to practice at 2.30 two days ago. Whereas at the combine, it's like, oh, no, we're going to run today. But we're not going to run just yet. We're going to do this first. Oh, well, we're going to do this. But we're going to do this. Oh, actually, come over here real quick. Let me put you on this MRI machine real quick. Oh, actually. I think I want to x-ray you as well. And you're like, well, you told me it was this, but I was prepared for that. And then you said this, but you gave me the sheet that said that. 
And that's kind of how they can find out, you know, which guys are more equipped for that right now versus a little bit, you know, need a little bit more work in that regard. So, like I said, I don't put the 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 the, the red rejection stamp on these guys right, right. because they struggled. But it just gives you a little bit of context that, hey, man, maybe they need to be a little bit more flexible. Maybe they need to understand that, hey, changes can happen. But this is a one off situation where they are trying to evaluate you on a physical and psychological level for better or worse. <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, you think you have two hours in the middle of the afternoon to go back to your hotel and sleep. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they, they want you to go have an MRI instead. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. it, it, that's. And then that's, that's usually when you're at lunchtime and then you're like, OK, so now I'm trying to scarf down some food. Oh, but you also have an interview. Some guys, they get a little bit anxious when they have to go interview, because when you go into those interview rooms from first hand experience, it's like a police interrogation. It's a low light in the back. You got the head coach, the GM, all the staff in there, and they're just staring at you. You can't really see them, but they can see you with the spotlight. And they're asking you all type of questions. And you're like, man, how does this pertain to my football career? <laughs> right. But they do that because they want to see how are you going to respond? Yeah. How are you going to handle the uncertainty? How are you going to handle change? And for, like I said, for most guys coming out of college, they never really have had to deal with that, especially when you're the star at your school. And now when you get to the situation that you know it's a big time evaluation, all of these variables can affect you and no different than how stress can make your shoulder hurt. Well, you don't think stress can make a guy be a little bit tight when he's going to run. You don't think being anxious can make you, you know, a little bit nervous when you're trying to catch a football or run through a drill. Those things are real. And a lot of people kind of overlook that element of it at the combine. But as a guy from uh, from firsthand experience, it's like, no. It takes a toll on you psychologically. It takes a toll on you from a stress-related or anxiety-related perspective that a lot of guys that at that young age just really aren't accustomed to handling. Yeah, and especially, I mean, you mentioned it, a lot of these guys, you know, particularly the ones that come from, like, the blue blood schools that were four or five-star recruits, like, they – for lack of a better term, like they've been pampered throughout most Absolutely. of their football career. They, they, everybody would make accommodations for them. <laughs> right. Whereas you right. get to the combine and I was like, oh, no, big fella. No, we know you, you make whole world. We, we know you just want a natty, but we don't care about that. Wake up at 3 a.m. to take this piss test. Oh, but you're not going to take it at 3. You're going to take it at 5. We just want you to stand in line for two hours, though. And you're like, what? <laughs> hold, wait, now, say, hold on a second. Right. Like, how does this work? And then go sit in this interview. Oh, and don't forget that interview. Make sure you go get this MRI. And then we're going to test you later on today. So when you throw all of that in there, that's the, the game within the game. That's the hidden information that nobody really talks about with the combine. That's the part that they really don't, you know, communicate with these younger players. And it shocks them at times. Right. Man. And the nice thing for these guys, right, the, the ones that we mentioned that didn't have the ideal week, right? right. Again, not, not that these guys were – I mean, some guys had really bad – but some of the ones that we've right. mentioned – you know, right. they, they, they weren't bad. It was kind of like a just media – it was – if the expectations for them weren't as high, then we wouldn't be complaining. Like Devin watching Lloyd a line, and, and Watching Parks, a linebacker yeah. run a four six six, watching a receiver run a four five five. it's not the end of the world. But when your expectations are, hey, Devin Lloyd is probably going to be a four four type of guy – and he runs four six six. You're like, whoa. Well, you think a Trey Burke might be a four four guy, and he's like four five five. You're like, oh man, like especially when you this? see everybody else running fast. Yeah, too. absolutely. So you're like, is this a fast track or is it not a fast? Is it track? a fast track? You, you know, know? That's a, for being in Indianapolis, the you know, Motor Speedway, Indy five hundred. Heard, heard a lot about fast tracks this past. Absolutely. Week. <laughs> um, the good news for those guys, though, your pro day is about a month away. So. Yeah. 
you you've got another opportunity in a situation where it will be the opposite of everything you just laid. It will be comfortable. It will be tailor made for you to have the most success possible in your own practice facility on the campus where you spent the last three, four, five years. That's the good news for for Burks and for Lloyd and for some of these guys. You'll get another opportunity to put some better numbers um, on tape, on yeah. film, on down on record, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> You get it. Um, it, it whatever it's, you call that thing, you want to put it on. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> you, what are we you doing can call these days? It whatever you want to call it. You, you, you can name it the blue thing if you want to. It does not matter. <laughs> but yeah, that's that was you know. Uh, there's there's a couple positions you know I, I want to we we have just a couple minutes here so I don't want to go any, into anything crazy in depth for you before we got a break to get to our buddy Chris Carter. See, that's how you know you're big time now, man. See. Back in the day before you went off to the combine and started covering radios and all this stuff, man, doing all your shows back to back, you would start a topic like this with two minutes left. You're no, right. we couldn't get it in. Now you fast here. track it. Now you're over here aware of the time, aware of the clock. Hey, guys, we got a break coming up. Hey, I don't want us to be over. OK, so we're not going to start this topic. We're just going to talk. We're going to tease it. We're going to talk bit. about it. We're going to tease little, it. Put a little salt on it like we're salt, man. <laughs> <laughs> the, one of the things that I came away thinking was a, a lot of these positions that you and I have, have talked about with the Steelers, mm. there's depth. Like, I really like the depth at most of the positions that we've kind of earmarked yeah. for the Steelers. I thought the ta- the offensive tackles had a really good week. There's some mm-hmm. guards. You know, we'll, we'll do this maybe after Chris Carter. There's a couple guards that I thought had really good weeks that now I'm yes, interested indeed. in as second, third, fourth round type guys. Um we have to talk about Jordan Davis, that guy that you mentioned a few minutes ago. Because he my took goodness, the word big speed to a whole another level, man. I whoa, a whole another level. You four point seven eight at six six three forty. Listen, I mean, when my Tuitt came, we, we thought I thought Tuit was the biggest, fastest dude I'd ever seen before. And you think about Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis probably has what forty pounds on to it, at least, at least. I'm like, man, and a couple inches tall. I'm like, bro, you are not supposed to be able to move like that. <laughs> and what's crazy is he probably lost some weight just for the combine. No, no, absolutely. Like he's absolutely probably he's probably more he 350. Yes. Still gonna move so, like so that. So seeing like, that, man, I think that kind of changed the dynamic of him as well. Even though we know he doesn't play a lot of snaps, that, that changed a little bit for me with him as well, man. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do because that abs- I don't want to gloss over that. And I I think I think there's an interesting parallel there. Um, as the the lack of snaps and his skill set, some of those things might relate to the Steelers. But let's do all mm-hmm. that after Chris Carter because I don't want to rush through that conversation. No we'll talk, doubt. We'll talk more Jordan Davis. We'll talk some value at the offensive line. Maybe we'll give our thoughts on some of the quarterback testing from Thursday night as well too. But first, before we do all of those things, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, we'll talk a little combine, maybe some Stephon Tewitt as well too, with our friend, your friend, Good friend of the show, Mr. Chris Carter. He will join us when we return on the other side. Again, we're you know not doing these shows live for a couple more weeks, but if you want to get involved, you know where to get at us on Twitter throughout this process. I bookmark the tweets. We got a couple of them saved that we'll get to before we get out of here. And a reminder, as always, if you are listening to this back in the SNR loop right now, that we got a podcast. You can get us in podcast form. The show is podcasted every single show on demand when you want it, when you're in the car, when you're working out, when you're walking the dog, when you're taking a shower in the morning. I almost said something different there. I, I know where he was going with that one. <laughs> Yo, West, don't get us fired. 
<laughs> Don't you get us fired today. <laughs> Steelers Blitz. That's where you can find us wherever you get your podcast. We'll talk to Chris Carter of the Locked On Steelers podcast about all things Combine and Pittsburgh Steelers when we return on the other side. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. You're listening to SNR.